0: All right, welcome to the Accepted Podcast, a college admissions podcast for the savvy student. My name is Tyler Kusunoki. I am an admissions consultant working out of Japan, but with students from all Over the world to try to help them achieve their academic uh, and college goals. So today, given some of the things that are happening in our lovely state of Florida, I figured it would be a good time to talk about the importance of math and um, the different ways to take advantage of, uh, to best prepare for math, especially in high school, uh, but even in middle school as well. So I know that normally I do a lot of uh, discussion about like the college specific application process that I'm like, okay, here's how you need to be thinking about early decision. Here's how you need to be thinking about your college essays. Here's how you should wrap around your extracurriculars. But one of the things that I feel like I have consistently brought up and that I have mentioned over and over again is that at the end of the day, your grades are the most important. And, uh, and as a corollary of that, as an extension of that, what you get your grades in also matters. And one of the most, uh, Scalable, one of the most flexible subjects in terms of you have a lot of control over how high you go, and there is a very high height to get to is math. So, for most schools, right, your eighth, your ninth, and tenth grade, and your humanities in general, right? Okay, so when you enter high school, your ninth and your tenth grade are going to be pretty fixed as far as curriculum, right? There's not going to be a whole lot of choice. Um, and, uh, within the humanities, there will be even less choice. Most schools, whether it is, uh, whether you are an international school or you are a, uh, top tier boarding school, most of the flexibility starts to come in your junior year. And sometimes you uh, it will not be until your senior year. And most of that flexibility, honestly, is going to come from, come in the form of math. And so, um, and the reason is just because math has a lot of layers and very clearly tiered layers, right? And so a normal American school progression, right, if we start kind of around seventh grade, right, goes uh, algebra and then geometry and then algebra two. And then advanced precalculus, and then AB calculus, and then BC calculus, and then advanced topics. Right, and you can you can move off to the side and do stats. So you can move off to the side and like there there are different variations of this. But the general progression is Alg one, geometry, Alg two, precalculus, and then calculus. Right? And then you do advanced topics, you can do a linear algebra or multivariable or whatever it is your school provides. And so the, the progression there means that that these clear delineations means that you can perform early right? and get yourself access to certain pathways faster. It also means that if you are not able to reach those milestones, right, you are going to be time bound and the the ceiling that you have is going to be capped and limited by the number of years you have in high school. So for example, if I don't take geometry until freshman year, right, then if I follow one math class per year, then I'm, I am I will still, I, I will do geometry and then algebra two my sophomore year and then precalculus my junior year and then calculus uh, my senior year. And that's honestly kind of the standard that I would hold for most students is that you want to get through to taking an AP calculus by your uh, senior year. Uh, latest, but it also means that if you are ambitious, right, and if you are capable and you are you can do the math well, right, you can, I have had students who can do pre-calculus as early as freshman year, right, and now all of a sudden that whole track has shifted, right, because now I do pre-calculus my, my freshman year, calculus my sophomore year, and then I've got advanced topic stuff, right, which is basically college level two, uh, great college sophomore year kind of calculus three level courses, and so I, I can do that for two years, right? And so that flexibility becomes, therefore, a very important measurement of your academic difficulty. I've talked before about how important academic difficulty is, that you have to be pursuing the mat. You have to, at some point in one of your subjects, be taking the maximum of what your, what your school is providing, preferably more, obviously. And sometimes that is above AP, right? A lot of schools offer... Uh, courses that are dual credit, dual enrollment with universities, or they will offer their own kind of advanced topics in different areas um, and classes just that are above the AP level. So do not look at AP as the pinnacle of all of this, right? Um, You want to know your curriculum well and pursue it as far as you can, right? And so math, especially for students who are considering uh, STEM as a potential career, right? Any field in STEM really, Right? You want to be able to at minimum get through to calculus your senior year, preferably more. And I would say that this is even true for business and probably more true for business now than it ever has been, in that a lot of economics classes, a lot of business undergraduates, all of these courses, and I mentioned this also, right, have been uh shifting a lot more towards the econometric side of it, more towards the math side of it, in that the key skill that you're going to need as As an economist or as a business person, is the ability to build and understand models, right? Build and understand mathematical models of the economy, of different investments, of um, the stock market, right? Your your goal is to be able to build and to understand models, and those all come from a very advanced level of math. And so even if you're uh, considering pursuing business, right, you can't really make money if you don't know how to count all of it. And so the uh, the pursuing math is going to be important. The other side is that if you are thinking at all about uh, certain schools to some degree outside the U.S., but even within the U.S. as well, you're going to need to have to hit certain benchmarks before a college will even consider you. So many schools in the UK, for example, just to give an example of how this affects the AP, uh, many schools in the UK will uh, that require a math uh, AP are only going to care if your math AP is BC calculus which is the second year um, kind of or the more advanced level of of AP calculus so that is the only math that they care about everything else um, just doesn't qualify for you for uh, consideration for that degree and it is written pretty clearly on their admission so this is not like some insider tip necessarily um, but it is an insider tip in the sense that if you know you are going to be pursuing a UK degree and you want it to be in the STEM Field, you need to set up your your high school career in such a way that it gets you to BC Calculus before you can uh, BC Calculus by the time you graduate. interested in learning more about the complex world of college admissions or would love to connect more with college admissions officers from around the world, Tokyo Academics has you covered. We are regularly hosting seminars and events that range from college essay workshops to panels with current students at top schools to small group conversations with admissions officers. For more information, please visit tokyoacademics.com events. That's tokyoacademics.com events and that's the AP well what about the IB the IB uh, math recently went through a pretty interesting shift um, in that the IB math now has split up into before it used to just be IB math and you either do higher level or standard level um, and it's now shifted to uh, two different versions so you have AA and you have AI right and so um one is uh, analysis and application, I believe, and the other is analysis and interpretation, so both of these are fundamentally different um, math courses, so that 's kind of uh sorry analysis and approaches, and the other is applications and interpretations. my apologies um but those are what the two those are what the two stand for um in a in a curriculum that is filled with acronyms. So um, there are two strands now for you to pursue math, right? Again, the IB kind of realized that there are there's a lot of gradation in math, as I've mentioned. And so they divided up the ways that you can pursue math. So at the very lowest level, you will have what is called math studies. And then above that, you have your normal math, which is divided into either applications and interpretations or analysis and approaches. So what's the difference between these two? Applications and interpretations generally is the much more focused much more focus on statistics is much more focused on um, like the name says on the applications of math and so you will be looking at math largely in a real world context um, and that will be the focus while analysis and approaches is much more theoretical and we'll delve more into the uh, we'll delve more into the theory. Um, and more of the pure math side of, uh, of, of mathematics. And so, which is fine. I think that offering students uh, more different opportunities and different ways to pursue their, ac- their academic career is important. However, schools have certain expectations. Colleges have certain expectations of the level of math that their student needs to be at before they will look into, before they will consider the student. And so um, I will use University of Toronto as example. University of Toronto, their uh, School of Commerce, um, their, their, their School of Commerce uh, to get into study business at University of Toronto. If you're taking the IB, you have to fulfill a prerequisite in advanced functions and calculus. And advanced functions and calculus... Is only going to accept math, AI, HL, so applications and interpretations at the high level, and then analysis and approaches, either SL or HL. They will not accept a student who is doing AI, SL, right? And so, um, if you are interested in business, if you're interested in pursuing commerce or interested in finance, and you want to be eligible for the University of Tokyo, as University of Toronto, You can't be taking applications and interpretations as well, right? And so there is a very specific expectation around what you should and should not be taking as far as math and what you need to demonstrate in terms of your capability, right? And so that combination of things, right, of, of math being one of these areas where you can really flex and show off. Combined with schools having pretty specific math requirements, oftentimes right where they are looking for a specific level of math to even consider you, makes it so that being able to move ahead further and faster in math becomes incredibly important. Well, how do we do that? <coughs> Sorry, but I think that um, I think the the way in which you can to start moving forward with this is to make sure that you're preparing a lot of students. Um, now I've noticed because I teach a lot of math myself, um, in terms of largely in the context of test prep. So, uh, SAT, et cetera, but I do teach calculus also. Um, a lot of what I've seen now is that students very much lean on their calculators to do a lot of things. And this is a little bit of uh, get off my lawn, old man Tyler talking. But, um, I think that a lot of students have don't, are not getting the fundamental practice in math that they need. Um, that a lot of the focus on uh, math is on word problems, on real-world application. And none of those things are wrong. I think all of those things are incredibly important. And I think that being able to see how the math works out in real life and being able to understand it in a more, in less of a, like, I'm telling you to do this, so do this, but being able to understand it on a more conceptual level, I think all of these things are very important. Right, um, But at the same time, I think that math is like any sport, right? And that the way you become good at it is repetition. Um, you build up that muscle memory. You, uh, the number of students who just don't know their time tables, right? And because they don't know their time tables, they don't know how to divide well. They cannot do factoring in an effective and efficient way. They don't see the number patterns that would help make a lot of the math a lot easier, especially in sections on any sort of test where your calculator is not required, and so uh and and so the the what I've seen right and again, this is not some rail against math education, I think, but it is kind of also a rail against math education, in that I think that what a lot of kids by the time I get to them in high school, right, unless if they are especially if they are not already inclined towards math, if they're inclined towards math, then generally they're fine, but where I see a lot of students. Uh, who are maybe not as inclined towards math, where I see them struggle is that their foundations are not strong. And they have not been able to put in the muscle memory to uh, to make math easier for them. And so I think that that becomes an area where there definitely is more that can be done. I think that it is similar to students who... Um, who are in the habit of reading are naturally just going to have an easier time with everything in college and high school and beyond because reading is such an essential skill reading well is such an essential skill reading critically is such an essential skill and most students who read a lot are naturally good writers because they've read good writing and they know how to emulate This is a subject that I'm going to talk about maybe next week, just to make sure that we're balancing out, right, that we are giving you a very liberal arts approach to podcasting. Uh, And we'll maybe talk about the humanities next week. But this week, I did really want to focus on the importance of Developing a more robust math knowledge and being able to, uh, because it does affect your eligibility for university, right? And um, being able to advance yourself in ways that um, that the school in in ways that schools offer, right? Because a lot of schools will not offer that ability to distinguish or or advance yourself in any of the other subjects, right? Um, everything else is pretty required. Math is the one where you can really scale up and help yourself stand out. And so I wanted to recommend um, one piece of software to help with this. I think there are there's infinite number of resources out there. Uh, Khan Academy is amazing just in terms of being able to explain the concepts and then give you some problems. Obviously, there are plenty of textbooks out there. Um, Kumon is fantastic as well. Um, but one of the pieces that we use a lot at uh, my school, um to help with students is called KUTA software K U T A uh, software. And it is, uh, it is just a series of programs that you can download. You can download it onto your desktop and they give you a, um, that, and you can select from a series of topics and you can click through and you can click, select the number of questions you want. And it immediately produces a worksheet for that particular topic. Right. And so say, for example, I'm working with my students on quadratics and I want them to learn how to solve the practice, solving quadratics by completing the square. Right. I can go, I can open up, uh, the CUTA Algebra Two software, and then go down to Quadratics, click Completing the Square, select the difficulty that I want, select the all the different variables. Do I want there to be negative numbers? All of that stuff, and then I can just set it to like ninety and click Create, and it will create ninety quadratic solve by completing the square problems that I can then just give to my students and uh, and have them drill on them. All right, and so CUTA software is an excellent example of. Um, a, a very customized software that is specifically designed to help students engage in that repetition and, and engage in the kind of gym-like approach to doing math. Um, an approach that I think is necessary because I feel that um, math is one of those where you don't see all the variances, you don't see all the different ways to solve problems until you do a billion of them. Right? A lot of students now will take a couple questions, do them, and be like, okay, I got those right, and therefore I understand the concept, and sure, they most likely understand it at the most basic level, and so then what they're not ready for is when on the test, you're asked to um, either do something, do it at a higher level with more moving pieces, or you're asked to synthesize that skill with another skill, right, um, and, uh, and to see that crossover requires exposure, Right, where you are given a, a even a word problem or any type of question where you are asked to combine multiple math skills to solve one problem, a lot of students don't know how to do that because of the way that they are taught, but also because they have not done it enough. They have not done their math enough to be to recognize the overlap. Right, and so Kuta software is an easy way to just quickly at home produce a ton of worksheets and I definitely would recommend this for specifically younger students middle school early high school and that these are the times to really set your foundations well and if you're not, if they're not set um, it just it sets the road for a lot of challenge and struggle going forward so starting like fourth fifth sixth grade right these are the times where you just really want to drill right um And uh, for all of my math classes or when I work with even younger math students, even down to like the third grade where we start every lesson with a Mad Minute. Um, I used to love Mad Minute. And again, is this some of me imposing my old man attitudes on the next generation? Yeah, it's a little bit. Um, Will calculators eventually take over and be able to move at the the speed of our thoughts? Yeah, probably, right? But until those things are true, uh, mental math and the ability to recognize the connective tissue that goes through all different math subjects is going to be important. Um, And so what Mad Minute is, is you just take, uh, you Come is is you? I would use Kuta. Would produce sixty problems um, on a, a very simple multiplication, right? Units up to up through like twelve, right? So uh, any any numbers one through twelve are fair game, and it produces sixty uh, multiplication questions. And then I set the students down. I set up a timer. You've got one minute. You have to solve sixty questions, right? And it just is this drill that forces students to be able to think and to do their math and to do their mental math at the speed of about one second per calculation. And this isn't, this is one of those things that it just, um, it is undervalued, I think, um, but it is super important uh, in terms of uh, just drilling the importance of, like, I think that it sets the habit for what studying math needs to look like, right? That it cannot be um, just finish one concept, do a couple problems, feel like you understand it, and then move on. Math is one of those things that even though it is very tiered, everything builds on everything else, right? That how you perform in geometry pretty is going to correlate pretty well with how you're going to do in Algebra 2, right? And how you do in Algebra 2 is going to correlate with how you do in Advanced Precalculus and so on and so forth. Um, and so that's my big thing today, whether or not we need to ban math books is not really the point, um, but as I've been reading the news and I've been seeing this discussion around like what is math education, um, even though kind of the reasons for these bannings have nothing to do with the quality of the math that's actually in them, um, My focus, right, just just as I've been thinking about it and I've been able to reflect a little bit on it um, and thinking about my students and the students who uh, just really need a more robust process of practicing their math um, because... They assume that their calculator will always be available. Calculators now come with a solve function, where you can just literally put in the equation and hit enter. And sure, you need to know how to use that tool, right? Um, I'm never going to say, you know, technology, bra, right? Because should go back to using abacus, right? But um, knowing how to use that tool and knowing how to use the other tool that you have, which is your brain. These things are kind of important. So, um, Kuta would be one piece of uh, just simple software to to purchase and and utilize to help uh, your student improve their math um, and help a student just have a literally infinite amount number of problems to work on for almost every subject in any in, in any part of the cur- curriculum. Uh, that would be, that is one way to do it. And then the other way, you know, and then there are many other different ways, right? Push the students to join math competitions, right? And look at your school curriculum and make sure that you are planned out your four years of high school to hit the highest level of math available. There's a lot of different ways to approach, um, math, but, um, I also think that we can in the, in the pursuit of novelty, forget that math at its base is repetition. It's doing it over and over again uh, until you can do it in your sleep. And that's what it means to be good at math uh, on some level. And you can't be creative with your interpretations. You can't be creative with your ability to manipulate the numbers, to discover the models, to play around with uh, all of that, unless you have mastered the fundamentals of it. And so um, at any level, right, I would encourage students and families to uh, just consider it doesn't take that much time, right? Just, you know, f- 15 to 20 to 30 minutes a day, right? Half an hour. Just print out a bunch of pro- whatever subject you're doing in school, whatever subject you are doing, um, uh, either just through your textbook or look online for other things, use con, whatever it may be, for 30 minutes, do variations of the same problem over and over and over again right just drill on that practice because I think that um, that muscle is one that will help equip you and serve you going forward but it also is key to being able to accelerate within the context of your school's curriculum and that acceleration that heightened difficulty is something that colleges are absolutely looking for okay all right. Thanks for listening to the Accepted Podcast. Again, my name is Tyler Kusadoki. We hope you enjoyed today's topic on math. And, you know, I don't need to convince you that it matters, but hopefully you have some ideas of how to go about making sure that it ends up being, ends up mattering. Right? And being a factor uh, in your ability to get accepted to a top tier university. Join us next week for more on the complex world of college admissions. And just like high school learning and education in general, um, if you like what you're hearing, and want to to support us. Be sure to leave us a rating on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts or your platform of choice. Comment, right? Let us know what you want to hear more about. Right? Um, the more we get input and feedback from all of you, uh, the more I'm able to to tailor my podcast. To meet the needs of you, the listeners. Okay. Um, also, of course, follow us and hit the bell icon for notifications to stay up to date. We also do regularly host events, both in person and online. So, if you're interested in attending free info sessions with me uh, and real admissions officers, check us out at tokyoacademics.com/events. That's tokyoacademics.com/events. I am hosting a talk this Sunday. Um, from 7 to around 8.30 p.m. Japanese time that is going to focus on kind of here's what we've figured out from this past cycle of admissions, right? If there are any shifts, any different priorities that need to be taken. Um, And I'm going to go through those um, and talk a little bit more about what just, I guess, about what students and families need to be thinking about, given the this, these past couple of years have been such a whirlwind of constant change in terms of what colleges are looking for. And so I plan to use that time to break down just even though it's a small sample size, here's what we've seen work. Here are some examples of student profiles that outperformed our expectations based on their stats. And um, and given those different pieces, here's maybe some approaches that you can think about if you are wanting to be strategic, fully str- pretty strategic strategic about your application process. Alright. So again, uh, that is uh, going to be at April 24th, 7 to 8 30 p.m. Okay. Um, and if you are interested in registering, that is Tokyoacademics.com slash events. Alright. Uh, that's it for today. And remember, the key to getting in is doing your math and getting ready. Thank you.